Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Monday. And it is, of course, a Medal of Honor Monday, as every Monday is. That's coming up an hour from now. Tonight's show is going to be a little different. Is there a fatal flaw to conservatism that makes it useless? Hang on, hang on, I'll get to that in a second. Don't don't turn it off just yet. Hang on. I have to disclose something else. On Friday, I was losing my voice. I spent the weekend. Well, I don't I'm not gonna lie to you and say I spent the weekend resting. We had all these suits in town, Clay and Buck were in town, Michael Berry. We had a bunch of events, but I did everything I could to protect my voice over the weekend. Okay, not everything I could. Again, don't give me that look, Chris. I did a lot to protect my voice. A lot. Long story short, I still don't necessarily have it back. <laughs> now, why am I telling you this? Well, you know how we don't you know how we don't really take phone calls very much on the show. We'll go days on end without taking phone calls. I might take some phone calls tonight, actually. Don't, don't, don't call in yet. No, 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 no. I have a lot to say first. And you know how we don't really do a lot of guests? I would say once or twice a week now we have a guest on, on average. I'm having three guests on tonight. I'm having one on every hour. Why? I'm not quite 100% sure I'm going to be able to finish the show. It'll be fine, Chris. <laughs> so, so we have Carol Markowitz coming up first hour. Of course, great New York Post writer. She's gonna, she's gonna, she's gonna talk about something I'm about to talk to you about about conservatism and Andrew Cuomo and stuff like that. We'll get to that in a second. We have BK second hour. That's an Air Force paratrooper. You know him well from the show. Good friend of mine. Great foreign policy guy. I'm gonna talk to him about what we're seeing overseas. And finally, Braxton McCoy. One of my buddies, wounded veteran, has a great book called The Glass Factory out there. He's also a cowboy, and I mean like real-life cowboy. He's been warning about beef prices and supply chain problems for a long time. He's starting to get louder as his predictions are coming true. I want to know what's in store for us. What's in store for prices? Are, are, are we not going to be able to afford a price of burger soon? Is there not going to be any burger on the shelf soon? I eat a lot of hamburger helper. That's going to be a problem for me. All that and much more tonight on the Jesse Kelly show. Now back to what I said in the very beginning. Is there a fatal flaw to conservatism? That's the word we want to use that makes it useless. Is there? Guess who's back in the news? Now, I know you know then my favorite thing in the world is being able to say, I told you so. I lack maturity, and there's nothing I enjoy more than being right and rubbing it in everyone's face. But you do remember when, Cro- when Cuomo got the heave-ho that I said, uh, everyone's signing this guy's political death warrant. This guy has $18 million in a campaign war fund. That's money, not his personal money. That's money he has to either spend on his campaign or another state campaign. That's a gigantic amount of money. And you remember what I said? You remember what I told you? Uh, Andrew Cuomo's not gone. You don't sit on $18 million. Cuomo came out this weekend, and 
he had a lot to say, and I'm going to tell you why this matters for all of us. I just, I couldn't get it off my mind this weekend. The report did the damage it was designed to do. My father was right. Politics can be a dirty business. Okay, okay. It's, politics is a dirty business. He went on. They wanted to inflame the cancel culture. They wanted to light up the internet. They wanted to stampede the press and the politicians. They wanted to do with politics that which they couldn't do with the law. They used cancel culture to effectively overturn an election. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. He went on. Probably no. I've gone through a difficult period the past few months. I resigned as governor. The press roasted me. My colleagues were ridiculed. My brother was fired. It was ugly. It was probably the toughest time of my life. Mm. Thoughts and prayers to Andrew Cuomo and the whole Cuomo family. Lord knows they've got it tough right now, but one more thing. The actions against me were prosecutorial misconduct. That is clear. They didn't act in the interest of justice. The district attorneys proved that. They acted in their own self-interest. They wanted me out because they wanted my job. Okay, well, actually, a lot of that's true. But setting all that aside, what's that have to do with conservatism being useless? Jesse, what are you talking about? What is a conservative? What does it mean to be on the right? Where you are, what does it mean? What, what does it mean to you? I will tell you what I've always wanted it to mean, what it's always meant to me is this. Restraint from the people in power, be them being restrained. You know, you're not allowed to get in government and use your power against your opponents. You're not allowed to get in. You shouldn't be allowed to get in the government and do X, Y, or Z. Why? Because the Constitution, the Constitution prevents it, prevents it. You know, you've used the Constitution a thousand times. So have I. But isn't that naive? Doesn't that go against... The nature of man. And I have a bunch of stuff I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about the rot of our military. We are going to get an update on the Ukraine-Russia situation. I have a lot I want to get to, but why is Andrew Cuomo coming back? I mean, millionaire, wealthy family, friends in high places. I don't care how persona non grata it is. Andrew Cuomo could simply wait a couple months, maybe a year if he has to, do a lot of fishing on his yacht, pretend to like his dog and his wife, come back and sit on some board of some finance firm, a couple million bucks a year. Not hard to find those in New York. They grow on trees. Why come back? Why come back at all? Well, he's sitting on all this power. He's sitting on $18 million. And the nature of man, the nature of man is to use power when you have power. So if our whole philosophy, if your whole philosophy and my whole philosophy is let's not use it, let's hold back, aren't we naive? Aren't we doomed to fail? Because if our whole philosophy is I'm not going to use the power I have, and our enemy's whole philosophy is I'm going to use every ounce of power I have, well, how's that fight end? You're getting in a ring, you're going to get in a fight with somebody, and you're saying to yourself before you get there, hey, I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to hit him as hard as I could. I could hit him hard. I could knock him out, but it wouldn't be right. I'm not going to do it. And he gets in there and says, I'll die before I let him beat me. I'm going to hit him with everything I have. Who's going to win that fight? 
I think we have doomed ourselves to failure, doomed ourselves to failure by not acknowledging the nature of man. The nature of man is to use power. If we don't use our power, we're toast. We're toast. We'll never succeed against the people whose only belief is using their power and crushing their opponents. How could we ever hope to overcome them if we refuse to use ours? Andrew Cuomo? Gone? Is that some kind of a joke? He's a traditional political family. We got them all over this country. How many of them ever leave? From the Clintons to the Bushes to everyone else. You can't get rid of them. These people get in there and they want to stay in there. And then their kids get in there and then their kids get in there. Why? Because they can. Why would Andrew Cuomo come back after all that disgrace, national disgrace? Well, $18 million buys yourself a lot of power. They wanted to inflame the cancel culture. They wanted to light up the internet. They wanted to stampede the press and the politicians. They wanted to do with politics that which they couldn't do with the law. They used cancel culture to effectively overturn an election. Why is Vladimir Putin invade Ukraine? I have a million emails like this. Jesse, I don't understand why the Russian ruble is toast. Russians are persona non grata right now, getting run out of society all over the world. Why would Vladimir Putin do this? Why would he invade a a country that he really honestly was on pretty good terms with? Why, why, why? Well, oftentimes the answer simply comes in, you're Vladimir Putin. You're getting up there in years. Here you are sitting on all this power. You're going to die with it being unused? Remember, these people don't think about lives, lives of Ukrainians, lives of their own troops. Why would I invade? Why have conquerors always invaded? Because they can. Do we, do we have to change our mindset? Do you? Do I? I think maybe we do. Hang on. You know what? We're going to talk a little bit more about this Ukraine thing. And actually, it's going to be more of an America focus here in just a second because I'm worried about something, but first, let's talk about maybe you're stuck in a timeshare. If you are, don't feel stupid. These timeshare companies, they've gotten a lot of people this way. Hey, sign up for a timeshare. Hey, you'll love it. Have a good time. Oh, get out anytime. And then you find out you actually can't get out anytime. They trap you in with these annual fees and they don't let you out. That's why Lone Star Transfers started. They've helped over 16,000 owners legally and permanently get out of those fees. A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. They guarantee the release of all liability to your timeshare in writing and in a specific time frame. Give them a call. A free, no-obligation consultation. 844-310-2646 or go to LoneStarTransfer.com. I know these people. They're good people. 844-310-2646. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show.
It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and it is time to have a hard conversation about what I call the soft purge of the military. And the reason I bring this up is everyone's talking about Russia, Ukraine, World War III. I mean, all the dire doomsday stuff that's out there right now. We're not, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do something else. I, just because of what I do, and a little bit because of my background, but more because of what I do, I know a ton of people who are in, in the military in some branch or the other, or have gotten out recently, who have a bunch of experience in, and a lot tougher guys than I am, right? So, I mean, real, real warriors. And what I consistently hear is two different things, and they're both heartbreaking. The first is, the first part of the soft purge is this. You got some guy... Let's say he's in the Marines. So he made the right choice, unlike everyone else. Let's say he's in the Marines. You got some guy. He's done eight years, 12 years. And let's just pause for a moment on this. Let's say he's infantry guy or some something closely associated with infantry or any other field. It doesn't have to be infantry, but he's done eight, 12 years. How much knowledge can you gain? Think about yourself. How much knowledge could you gain about something If you had eight to 12 years of doing it all day, every day, that's your job. How good could you get at something? I would argue, physical and mental limitations aside, you could get pretty good at almost anything after eight to 12 years, right? And even if you weren't the best, how much wisdom would you have built up inside of you? No, don't do that this way. Do that this way. And it doesn't matter what you do. Whether you're driving a truck, whether you're a lawyer, doctor, cop, doesn't matter which construction... No matter what you do, look, construction, I'll tell you, remember, that's how I grew up, right? That's what my family did. My dad and his dad before him were a construction family. And when I first started doing construction at 16, I obviously got all the crappy jobs. I didn't know anything. I was just a skinny 16-year-old kid, and my old man made me do all the crappy jobs. But I learned very quickly, wow, the guy who's been doing this a while, he has a technique for shoveling gravel that takes a lot less energy and it's a lot more effective. Just things like that. Just things you build up over time. Now, take the military guy 8, 12 years in. How much knowledge does he have? How much life-saving knowledge does he have that he imparts on other Marines, younger Marines? Hey, come here, Marine. Hey, Boot, get over here. No, don't do it like this. No, you pack your sea bag like that. No, you have to adjust this in your pack. It'll rub you the, it won't rub you the wrong way. No, you have to use this on your feet. Just institutional knowledge that you can't quantify. The guy who's been in 8, 12 years, he's worth a lot more than just the guy standing before you because of the constant stream of knowledge coming out of him everywhere else. And you know what these guys, so many of them are telling me? Jesse, I'm getting out. Jesse, I'm done. Jesse, I didn't, look, I was going to do 20. I'm not learning about how bad white people are every day. Jesse, I was going to do 20. I'm about tired of having to go to a new gay seminar every single day. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. And look, I'm just telling you, I don't care if this makes you uncomfortable. Remember, if you get offended, I don't care. I am not. Like every other show, this is not your mommy's show. This is your daddy's show. If you get offended, go ahead and email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But just know I will laugh and don't care. This is how guys talk behind the scenes. I'm giving you reality. The reality is the guys we need to stay in, they're not staying in. And there's another part of the reality. And this is the second part of the soft purge. 
I want you to listen to this. It's a little bit longer than I normally play. This is a UFC fighter. His name is Bryce Mitchell. He's actually got a nickname called Thug Nasty. That's awesome. Chris, I wish we'd have thought of that one for us first, but it's still. I want you to listen to what he has to say because I hear echoes of this in my, in my, in my email inbox and in my text messages all the time. Listen closely and understand while you listen that generals don't win wars. That bumpkin from Louisiana you like to make fun of for his accent, yeah, he was shooting squirrels at the age of six. He wins wars. That cowboy in Montana, Wyoming, Reverend Braxton McCoy, speaking of cowboys, Braxton McCoy in the third hour, that guy wins wars. That uh, gangbanger, he grew up fighting everybody. He decided to join the Marines, turn his life around. That guy wins wars. If that guy doesn't join, what kind of army do you think you have? Well, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole Russia and Ukraine situation. Here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground and I will die for everything I love and I will not retreat. If this country's invaded and Everybody's saying, well, we got to we got to evacuate. We got to leave. We got I will not. I will dig my boots in the Arkansas soil and I will fight for the people that I love, for the land that I love and the way of life that I love. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on, to be honest, brother. I really don't. There's so much stuff. And I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a ton of money off of and using our tax dollars to bribe they're people. That's treasonous, in my opinion. Uh, so you got Hunter Biden and his son using our tax dollars. Hey, if, if Ukrainian government, if you don't do this, we're taking your tax dollars. He shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway. We got veterans out here sleeping on the street, and you're going to give our freaking tax dollars to these Ukrainians? and all the, I, Brother, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm not going over there and fighting, and God bless anybody that's over there fighting, and I hope that this shit just gets solved. And Man, I don't like war. But I don't know what's going on. There's so much stuff that I think that's corrupted that we just don't know what's truly going on over there. And I just, I pray all those people are safe. Okay. Maybe you're sitting there cheering, nodding your head. Maybe you're shaking your head. But here's, here's the thing. It's one of those things where it doesn't matter whether you agree with what he said or not. It really does not. It doesn't matter whether I agree or you agree. The truth is that... That's the common way of thinking amongst the young men who would win the next war. I cannot properly describe to you how many seasoned veterans from military families dating back to the Revolutionary War had a guy re reach out to me earlier. Every male in my family back to the Revolutionary War has fought for this country. My son will not. That's the soft purge. The guy who, instead of winning a Medal of Honor, Medal of Honor Monday tonight, instead of winning a Medal of Honor, he goes and sells insurance in Des Moines. That's the soft purge. All right, we're going to talk to Carol Markowitz about using power in this Cuomo stuff. Hang on. Can y'all feel that? Can y'all feel that? 
Jig it out. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Oh, gosh, Carol. Joining me now is, of course, the great Carol Markowitz of the New York Post and everywhere else. Carol, actually, it's funny you should choose Will Smith as your intro (laughs) music because I was on the way to an event with the wife on Friday night and a Will Smith song came on and we actually looked at each other and said, man, how bad was Will Smith's music? So that is very <laughs> fitting, get, Carol. You didn't, you didn't get jiggy with it at all? No, no, no. I did not get jiggy with it at all. It was terrible when it came out, and it's still terrible. But that's actually not why I brought you on. I don't want you. I, I have a bunch of stuff I need to ask you tonight, so I'm going to get right into it. Carol, yeah. here, of course, is your former governor. They wanted to inflame the cancel culture. They wanted to light up the Internet. They wanted to stampede the press and the politicians. They wanted to do with politics that which they couldn't do with the law. They used cancel culture to effectively overturn an election. Carol, my question isn't about all the cancel culture stuff. It's why did anybody believe Andrew Cuomo was gone for good when he has $18 million in a campaign war chest? You don't sit on power like that and not use it. Right. Absolutely. But I would say that his the argument against him is, so why did you step down? Like, why did you give into the cancel culture? Why did you fall for it? Why did you think that they were going to get you politically when they couldn't get you legally, etc.? Um, I, th- I think it really shows him as a weak guy who did, you know, step down when, when the pressure got too much for him. So I don't know what kind of argument he's mounting. Who, which of us was supposed to take up the Andrew Cuomo cause and defend him when he didn't defend himself? Carol, I I brought this up at the opening of the show. Maybe you disagree, and if you do, that's fine. Please, you know you can blast away at me, Carol. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But my 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 thinking on it was maybe conservatism, if that's what we want to call it. How you think, Carol? How I think? How people listening think? Mm-hmm. Maybe it has a flaw that is fatal and was always doomed for failure. And that flaw being, we don't want to use power. I mean, the whole the whole yeah. point of the ideology is don't use it. Here are all the restrictions right. on what you can't do and don't do this and don't do that. And my goodness, don't do that. Whereas the communists, anyone on the left, it would never occur to them not to lose their power. In the end, how could we ever hope to win with that mentality? You're absolutely right. And look, you know, for the last two years, I've had my mind changed on a lot of things. I think, you know, uh, me two years ago, you would have said, you know, should control, you know, what happens over what happens in school lay with the school district or with the school board? And I would have said, yeah, absolutely. Local control, school board. And now I know that local control is the parents. The local control is my house. So I've learned a lot. I absolutely have changed on that. And and the using power is, is a big thing for us, too, because we re- what I've realized, and I, I think a lot of other conservatives have realized, too, is that you can't have this argument for no power when the other side wants all the power. Um, you can only have it when both sides are saying, look, if we get in control, we're going to you know, have a smaller government. If, if one side gets into power and grows the government and fills it all with people that you know, have the same ideology as them, and then the other side gets in and says that they're going to decrease the size, which you know, never happens, but we don't actually fill those positions either, um, I think we're in a really bad place. So I, I think the meaning of conservatism has changed in the last few years. I, I feel much, much stronger about the individual, which I don't think is at odds with conservative philosophy than I did before. And I, I think um, I don't consider smaller local government uh, as important anymore. I, I no longer see them 
as some sort of win for us. I now I, I now think that the individual is the ultimate win. Okay, Carol, what changed? Because I'll be honest with you, well, I've gone through this too <laughs> over the last few years. Last three yeah. or four years. I mean, if you had asked me four or five mm-hmm. years ago on one of those stupid online political quizzes people take, where do you fall? I mean, I came up basically libertarian every time. So I just I feel yeah. like small government is the way to go. I feel like libertarians are right about a lot of things. I just don't think that kind of live and let live mentality can possibly overcome what we're facing. Well, I, you know, the thing is, I don't even think that I've gotten less libertarian. I think it, I, I really do think that I've had my eyes open to what it really means. And I know, you know, our mutual friend, Michael Malice, we talk about this a lot, but the, the individual, I think, is really what's important here. And, and I don't think it's at odds with what we believed before. I just think we've lost a lot of trust in any form of the government system. And what happened to me, for example, is I never had the government intrude on my life the way it did in the last two years. Now, believe me, I've had the government intrude on my life. I was a business owner in New York City. I, my sign had to be 12 by 12. Uh, you know, I, I had all kinds of things that, that I've had the government do to me. But in the last two years, I've had it affect my family. I, I saw for the first time that they can step on us and they could really destroy us at will. And they could take away everything. They could take away your business. They could take away school. They could make your kids wear a useless mask all day. All of that was very eye-opening. I think I never really realized just how bad it could get and just how much they could do to us. I really believed in so many parts of the American system. You know, I'm, I'm an immigrant from the ex-Soviet Union. I uh, I write an art- article every year about how happy I am to be an American, and I am. Uh, I just saw all the flaws in the last two years in a way that I hadn't seen before. Um, and I still think our system is designed to fix those flaws. We just need to acknowledge them and fix them moving forward. Okay, Carol, you brought up how hostile the environment was in New York City in particular. And I think a lot of people, I mean, most of the country obviously lives outside of New York City, as big as it mm-hmm. is, but a lot of people don't realize how bad it is. I'm sure that perked people's ears up just now. You had to have a certain size sign. Explain right. <laughs> what it's like trying to do business yeah. in New York City. Oh, God. Uh, so I, I, this is, you know, I had a, in the beginning of my writing career, I also had a, something called a blowout bar where you get your hair, hair styled. It's not a cutting place. It's just style. Um, and we were one of the early blowout bars, but it, there was so much regulation and so many issues um, constantly like, oh, you know, the fire department coming and saying like, oh, this is not up to fire code, a thousand dollar fine or uh, any number of things that, um, we saw and, and, and actually had such a giant effect on our business. Um, the sign thing, I mean, it, it, it's such a huge thing that we didn't even realize, but we, you know, the sign had to be a very specific size and it was tiny. It was a tiny little sign because it was some, we were on some historical block. I, let me assure you, this block looks like any other New York City block, but because they deemed it a historical block, that was it. Um, and so we had tons of stuff like that. And what really ended our business is when we saw Obamacare coming and we thought we can't grow like this. We, this, this is going to end us forever. Um, let's get out of this before we sink any more money into this. Carol, what are you having for dinner tonight? (laughs) Pizza, I think. (laughs) How about you? Okay. What's the Carol pizza topping one and two more importantly, You've left New York. I mean, pizza capital of America, no doubt about that, although people in Jersey would argue about that. But you've left New York. You've moved to Florida. I will tell you, as Mm -hmm. someone who adores New York and still adores living in Texas, I lived here on purpose, it's hard to find good pizza here. Most of it sucks. Have you found good pizza in Florida? Yeah. 
so that's what I was going to say is that uh, New Jersey has an argument to make that they mm-hmm. also have great pizza. I wouldn't call them the home of great pizza or anything, but I think a lot of the Italian Americans in places like Ugh. Brooklyn and Queens moved out. They moved out to Long Island. They moved out to Jersey and they certainly moved down to Florida. Pizza has not been a problem here. I would say we need to import some better Chinese food, but the pizza has been really above average. Why don't people realize it? Why do people get so uncomfortable when you talk about the ethnicity of food? Like, if you, I need better Chinese food. Well, you need more Chinese people here. Chris and I, my producer's Jewish. He complains all the time about how you can't get a good bagel. That's because there aren't enough Jews in Houston, and there's Jew, bagels are Jewish food. I don't know why. Right. Why does all this stuff make people uncomfortable anymore, Carol? I don't know. I, I I don't feel uncomfortable. I mean, the bagels in in Florida are also very good. Lots of Jews here, and they know what to do with the bagels. Yeah. So yeah, it, it you know it definitely has. Has uh, to do with what people are are living there and who are you know who's bringing in the food and yeah we need more Chinese people in South Florida please if you're listening to this come yeah just non-communist ones <laughs> Carol Markowitz everybody thank yes. you so much Carol <laughs> thank you Jesse all right we're only ten minutes away from Medal of Honor Monday ten minutes away from Medal of Honor Monday but we have a uh, Rear Admiral Butt Gig he was out there today and he has. He has a solution for you on high gas prices. We're going to get to that in just a second. But first, Oxford Gold Group. You know gold is up over 12% in just a year. I've been telling you about Oxford Gold Group for what, five, six months now? Listen, I don't say it just because I want you to have shiny gold delivered to your front door, although that's what they do. I don't say it because, you know, because it's a status symbol thing. I don't want you to even show your friends. I don't want you to tell your friends. Don't tell a soul. I tell you to get some hard gold because if things continue apace, that's really not good for any of us, dollar-wise. I mean, you can get to the point where how much money you have doesn't matter if the money ain't worth anything. Call 833-995-GOLD. Tell Oxford Jesse told you to call. They will take good care of you. They're totally easy to work with. Have some gold delivered to your front door. 833-995-GOLD. Oxford Gold Group. Tell them Jesse told you to call. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and just a heads up, got an email here. Remember, you can email the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Your love, your hate, your death threats, your ask Dr. Jesse questions for Friday. The subject line is, take the candy out of your beep mouth. This is from Friday Show. Dear Ear Whisper Burger Master, Please take these words in, oh, Thursday, Thursday. Please take these words in kind regard and take the freaking candy out of your mouth. If you got to have something in your mouth like Kamala Harris, then you need to be off the radio when you're doing it. So as I can say, his name, his name is Travis in Arizona, and he says USMC. So don't get mad at Travis. That's how we Marines talk to each other. And Travis, I hear you, but no, um, what you heard on Thursday and what you very well may hear tonight is not candy. Those are Ricola drop things. No, I'm not sick. I'm fine, but I'm on the back end of losing my voice. That's a long way of saying you can have Jesse with candy in his mouth 
or you can have no Jesse at all. I had to, I had to pull out the Ricola cough drops. Michael had to run to the store in the middle of the show in one of the commercial breaks to try to scramble and keep me on the air. Like it just happens now and then. It's no big deal. Honestly, I am fine. I'm not sick. It's just the voice is absolutely shot to pieces. That's why we're having three guests on tonight. Oh, and remember, ten minutes from now, Medal of Honor Monday. Oh, I'm excited about it too. Medal of Honor Monday. Ten minutes from now, every Monday. We take a Medal of Honor citation, we read it on the air. And I know we still have a ton to get to tonight, but remember the three things all our cultural leaders have in common? No love of country, no relation to the real world at all, no connection to it. They don't know how real people live, and the belief they should rule as kings and queens. I thought about this today. I was obviously driving by gas pumps all day long. Sadly, maybe you're here too. I'm towards the end of my tank. And for some stupid reason, I've been avoiding filling it up. Like gas prices are about to go down. And now the light is on. And so I'm driving by gas pumps. I'm trying to find you know, the cheapest gas out there. And I'm looking and I'm thinking to myself, honestly, how does, how does the normal working family... How do you cope with gas prices like this? Because remember, it's not just gas prices that affect you and filling up your tank. Gas prices affect everything. Remember, everything around you came on a truck. Trucks don't run on AA batteries. Trucks run on gas, diesel. But did you understand? The cost of everything is about to go up. We're all about to be poorer. And then you hear Rear Admiral Buckgate get up and you hear this guy talk like this, and it is, it is honestly staggering. Transit is even better when it's clean transit with modern electric buses that don't pollute at all. We often talk about the costs of failure on climate, and for good reason, but we should also celebrate what Americans stand to gain through our transformation to a cleaner transportation system. For example, we're talking about a lot of good jobs with the choice to join a union building, maintaining, and operating the electric transit buses of the future. And for the first time in this program, we have dedicated funding for training to make sure that the skilled operators and the mechanics working on diesel buses today are ready to be the electric transit workforce of tomorrow. And these electric buses must be built in America, something that will create a lot of good-paying manufacturing jobs across the country. Did you drive by the gas pump today and look at it and say, man, I need some more electric buses. That's what we're really missing out on. They have no connection to us at all. They're so completely wrapped up in this stupid bubble of their own world of make-believe. They have no connection to us. Here was Dome. Imagine a future. The freight trucks that deliver bread and milk to our grocery store shelves and the buses that take children to school and, and parents to work. Imagine all the heavy-duty vehicles that keep our supply lines strong and allow our economy to grow. Imagine that they produced zero emissions. Well, you all imagined it. That's why we're here today. Because we have the ability to see what can be unburdened by what has been and then to make the possible actually happen. Who thought of that last line? <laughs> Unburdened by what has been. Oh, shut up. Stop getting college philosophy majors to write your speeches for you. Talk like normal people. What's wrong with you? 
and let's let's be clear here, and and I want to make sure everyone understands, and I I know you do. Carbon is not poison to the earth. I I, I need to clarify again because the level of disinformation out there is shocking. Carbon is not bad for the earth at all. Not at all. I'm not talking about dumping sludge into rivers and garbage like that, which is always trash. But carbon is not bad for the planet. It is not. Yet, wrap your mind around this. Carbon's not bad for the planet. Every one of your cultural institutions is committed to the lie that it is bad to the planet. And half, I would guess half of the Republicans in this country will run ads talking about reducing carbon, capturing carbon. That's surrendering the battlefield to the enemy. And while we're on the subject, I want to have another talk about hard truths because we're about to have another one. I see some Asian Americans are mad about getting attacked in New York, and I have some hard truth for everyone there. But just, just one second. You know what hard truth? Here's a hard truth. Who's the worst guy in history? I mean, you, you ask that question, and inevitably someone will say Hitler or Mao or Stalin. Those are generally the top three. Someone will call, fall down there somewhere. You understand that if we eliminated oil tomorrow, more people would die than Hitler, Mao, and Stalin combined? You do you understand that? You understand that even if we, quote, slowly transition off of oil, that it would kill more people than you can possibly comprehend? Our transportation sector has reached a turning point. We are all in the midst of a turning point. We have the technology to transition to a zero emission fleet. Our administration together, all of us, is working to make that possibility a reality. If we go to a zero transmission country, millions of people will die. Tens of millions of people will die, not just here in America, but around the world. That's one. Two, this is the only thing I'm going to say on this. Asian Americans are angry about the tide of attacks in New York. Nobody wants to talk about who's actually doing those attacks. Why? Because it's not white people. This, this avoidance of the truth all the time in this country is killing us. We can talk about hard truths sometimes. Hard truths are the most important truths out there. Start being vocal about who the problem is, what the problem is, why the problem is, and then we can unpack it and fix it. How about that? All right, it's Medal of Honor Monday. But speaking, hey, speaking of heroes, Chris, how about a hero gun? You know, these are non-lethal. They don't require a concealed carry permit. But if you're looking around you right now and you're wondering, how am I supposed to protect myself? I see a woman getting thrown in front of a subway. How am I supposed to protect myself? What do I do to protect myself? Go get a hero gun. Shoots these non-lethal pepper balls 100 miles per hour. They explode on contact. Absolutely debilitating to people. They have a laser sight. Anyone can use the thing. You don't have to love firearms. You don't have no have to use you don't have to use firearms. Go to hero2020.com. Use the code Jesse. It gets you a special discount. Get one for yourself. Get one for your spouse. Get one for your daughter. Hero2020.com. Code Jesse. All right? Go now. State restrictions may apply. 